have you got a ten year plan or five year plan or what's um what's the future look like? Have you got anything mapped out or just um take it as it comes? Oh look I'd love to I'd love to have my own sort of little setup, um where I can do my own thing and, and uh you know, train the horses the way I want to train horses and not be sort of um bound by um you know oh, we've got to close the track today because such and such or blah, 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 blah. You know, like, if, you know, I'll, I'd love to have my own sort of set up on, on, a, on a property. Um, I'm sort of, you know, Jade and I are both country kids at the end of the day, so we'd love to sort of get back out on the land. And um, so I'd, I'd love to have a, a property set up with everything we need on it, you know, basically you only have to come to town um, to, to gallop them and everything else can be done at home. Um, so that's sort of something that's definitely in the pipeline at the moment. Um, there's some pretty significant upgrades being done, uh, in, in casino. Uh, they're getting a, the whole showground and race course, um, precinct is getting a nine and a half million dollar upgrade through the, um, the state government bushfire or federal government bushfire fund. Um, so if that goes ahead the way that they're hoping to, we've seen the plans um, and it's pretty schmick. Um, so the likelihood of just being able to find the land to suit what we want to do um, at the right price is probably back home in casino. Um, obviously, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to set up a, a, a decent size stable out of casino and sort of put casino on the map as far as the racing side of things is concerned. Um, so what's, uh, what's bigger is Casino or Ballina bigger in terms of racing community? Um, much of a muchness, really. Um, Casino, Casino probably is more local racing side of things. So a lot of the locals sort of support the locals in Casino. Where here in Ballina, you know, it's sort of a, a different demographic. There's, you know it's on on the coast so everybody knows that you know the closer to the coast the the higher the uh i guess bracket of people with plenty of money is so and they're sort of uh i don't have a lot of owners here in ballina um matter of fact i think only midorio's half brother has ballina locals in it i think other than that i don't think i have an, another ba uh, another Fair local right. ballina owner um makes it hard for you doesn't it yeah yeah you know, sort of because we're so close to Queensland, Gold Coast, Brisbane, it's probably, you know, they, they're sort of, because they've got that higher um, demographic of, of, of money, I suppose. Um, I guess COVID what, though hasn't helped, hasn't helped getting um, interstate owners, has it? No, oh, well, sort of, it's, it's a bit of a funny one. Majority of my owners are not locals. Um, I've got a, you know, fair chunk of my owners are from Canberra. Um, I've got uh, two big syndicates, um, or sorry, one big syndicate and a and, um, couple of bigger owners that uh, are from Canberra. Um, a lot of owners in uh, Victoria as well, a few in Tasmania, a few in South Australia, a um, few in Queensland, but I don't think there's a hell of a lot in Queensland. Um, but uh, not... not sort of many local owners actually it's sort of um majority of our stable is basically interstate owners really so 
Um, but yeah, it was sort of the locals around here, they like to sort of, you know, get their horses with uh, sort of Queensland trainers because they're so close. They can go to, you know, Brisbane every weekend because it's just up the road, you know. So a um, little bit disappointing. It'd be nice to see them throw a little bit more support towards their local trainers. But um, I guess if I was in the same position, I'd probably do the same thing. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you know, each of their own, you know can't force people to do anything they don't want to do and uh you know obviously queensland's pretty attractive at the moment and brisbane's just out the road so um why not um sort of touch back on your your um did you have a career career as a steward or was that just your your, your mum was a steward no nah, just mum just mum they wanted me to they wanted me to uh to jump into it but uh I like this side of the fence and their side of the fence, so <laughs> it's a bit did, more did, exciting this side. Yeah, did you learn anything from um, those times in the stewards' room with your mums? Like, did you see any any ripping protests or barnies or anything? Or um, oh, I've seen a few, um, not none that are really memorable, but uh, there's there's been a few. I, I think the biggest thing that I got out of the stewards' room was. Um, the way you conduct yourself in a in a in a protest um, or in an inquiry, you know, um, a lot of people sort of go into a steward's room and it's and can be it can be quite daunting. Um, you know, you got two big stewards barking orders at you across the table, and um, people sort of get a little bit, uh, I guess, daunted, and it can be a bit nerve wracking. And then you go and you know you're trying to plead a case, you know, in a in a in a protest and stuff like that, and do is say the wrong word and, and the, uh, the the protest is thrown clean out the window and uh, I, rem- I remember the day um, Norrie, um, Norrie and I were in a protest, uh, Michael Costa protested, Michael Costa and Jake Bayless protested against us at Grafton and um, Norrie's sitting in the room and he's going, oh, maybe this, maybe that, maybe something else and I'm kicking him in the shin saying, <laughs> don't say maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. definitely, if, if I did this, definitely, blah, 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 and this definitely happened, this definitely didn't happen, blah, 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 and he's going, he's poor Norrie's copter copped from you a couple of times, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he, it's just, a, you know, it's, it was a daunting experience for him and um, at the end of the day, you know, they never had any grounds to, um, to, to, to uphold the protest, um, you know, we, we won fair and square, you know. Um, Costa's horse come across and hit us. It wasn't the other way around. So it was always going to get thrown out. But, you know, if you, all you've got to do is say the wrong thing. And, you know, if he said maybe if I did yep. do something else, you know, that horse could have possibly beat us, you know. Like, they're, you know, the stewards are going to jump on that and go, well, yep. right, oh, you, Interpret you the stuffed way. up. And, well, that's right, you know, and they, they're going to throw the race to... Uh, to the to the um, to the other party, and we would have lost it. But uh, um, they don't they don't scare me because I've grown up with them, and I treat everybody. You know, I don't care if you're the, the Queen of England or you know a peasant down the street. You know, like it's um, we're at the end of the day, we're all getting we're all getting buried, we're all getting burnt. We're you know worms or fish are going to eat us. So, you know, we're all going to the same place, and you can't take your money with you. So. Um, you know, I obviously treat the stewards with respect, but I also treat them as if they're they're human. They're not a robot sitting across the table from me. You know, yep. so um, you won't get scared in the in the stewards' room. No, nah, they don't scare me. Definitely don't scare me. So <laughs> you know, I think and and that basically comes from my time of of you know sitting in the room and 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 growing up with them. You know, like there's a couple of former stewards that aren't stewards anymore. That uh, they're like you know like big brothers to me. You know, so. Um, because I grew up with them, but uh, 
um, you know, old Bill Fenning's probably like an old a, a grandfather to me because he babysitted me that that many times, you know. But uh, they, yeah, they they don't scare me, and uh, I think the way you know you learn how to conduct yourself and you learn how to stand your ground a little bit more by um, by by sitting through it. I, I guess it didn't it didn't really help me in respect that you know I, I know the rules of racing back to front, um, but. Uh, you know, you learn, you, you pick up things, you learn things along the way. And uh, I've definitely learned a lot from my time sitting in the stewards room and obviously time sitting in the swab box with mum as well. You know, you learn, learn different things from there. And obviously, you know, um, hanging around the traps, you learn different things off trainers talking and, you know, you listen to different things and you listen to jockeys and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I guess I learned a lot from, from just sitting there and sort of being a bit of a sponge myself, I guess, and, and taking in as much as I could. And, uh, yeah, I can't say that it helped me in any way that, you know, like I'm, I wasn't trained as a steward or anything like that, but uh, I definitely took a fair bit in, that's for sure. Yeah. Are you guys a big punting stable? Big punting stable? No, no, definitely not. I don't, I don't, any of my horses, I haven't had a bet since uh, So Hot won, uh, since before So Hot won here in Ballina about, geez, that nearly have to be four or five years ago now. Um, I used to back everything of mine. If I thought they were a chance, I'd have 100 each way on them. Um, if I didn't think they were much of a chance, I'd only have 50 each way on them for a bit of uh, moral su- support, I suppose. Um, but the day so hot one here, um, uh, Jim Timmons, who's been a, a, an owner with us since basically day dot, um, he, one of the loveliest men you'll ever meet in your life and a huge supporter of ours, um, he used to be the same, sort of, you know, if he thought they were a chance, he'd have a bit more on them. If he, if not, he'd just have a bit for moral support. But uh, so what's record in the wet was five starts for five distant lasts um, before I got him. Um, uh, we didn't think he could run in the wet and there was a heavy nine here at Ballina. Um, I said to Jim, look, this horse is absolutely flying at home we've got to go to this race because I think we were aiming towards a Lismore Cup or, you know, a Grafton Cup or something like that. I can't remember, but uh, we had to go around regardless. He had to have the run. We, we couldn't miss it. It was 1,900 here at Ballina. He absolutely loved Ballina, but I said to Jim, look, mate, it's an absolute bog out there. Um, and we know he can't pick his feet up in it. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't bother having your 10 each way on him. So he didn't. I didn't have a brass razoo on him and the, the bastard got up and paid twenty one dollars. Absolutely, absolutely romped in Peter oh, Graham. Dear. Peter Graham rode. I think he won by about four lengths and beat a, the dollar dollar fifty absolute mudlark. And, yeah. and the trainer of it wasn't too too impressed. She thought she had it <laughs> wrapped up and she was mouthing off down the day. So I said, "Listen, love, you've been beaten fair and square by a horse that can't even handle the wet. So I wouldn't be wouldn't be carrying on like you are." But uh, ever since that day, I said, "No, nah, I must be jinxing them." Yeah. I must be jinxing them. That's it. I'm not having any money on them. And the only time I have had a bet on any of mine, oh, only two tr- times since that I've had a bet on any of mine was the Singaporean owner of Torrens used to get me to um, have 100 each way on him um, for him because obviously they couldn't bet uh, over there in, in Singapore um, on particular races that, you know, there was only sort of a limited amount of races, races they were allowed to bet on over there. And, you know, if he was racing at Port Macquarie or something like that, it was, you know, they, they just... They couldn't bet on him over there, so he'd send me some money over, and we'd bet. We, I think I backed in the first start at the Gold Coast for him, and um, he never asked me after that. But when he won, I sort of 
a little bit superstitious and went, oh, shit, maybe I should have 100 each. Well, I'm this horse every time it goes around. And I did for the first few runs. And uh, I, I did get a healthy uh, healthy pay off a few of them because he, he wasn't uh, wasn't short in the betting for Yeah, he's got a up at a couple of, of good odds, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, I think the day he won at uh, yeah, Moolan Bay, he paid about $14. And I think the day he won at uh, the Sunny Coast, he, he paid about 6 or $8, I think. So, but uh, that pretty quickly windled away when, uh, he, you know, that picket fence ended. So um, I, I pulled up stumps not long after that. And the only other time was uh, Winkler when he ran second at uh, the Sunny Coast. Um, Jade went away for a week and uh, I had to ride all the track work. And Winkler wasn't really going that crash hot at the time. Um, so um, I galloped him and I hadn't rode work for a little while and I sort of thought, this, this gallop felt good, but then I went, ah, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, you idiot. You haven't rode a gallop for a long time. It just feels good because you haven't been in the saddle for a while. <laughs> so, but all week it sort of it bugged me, and uh, I went, oh. it just felt too good, you know. Like I didn't have anyone up there clocking them because mum and dad don't know how to clock them, you know, properly, and I'm very particular about where you clock them from and all that sort of stuff. So I sort of was only going on feel and. I went, geez, it, it just felt too good, you know, and I ended up having 50 each well and he got up at uh, run second, um, beaten not not far at the sunny coast that night, and I, I, he paid fairly healthy then. It was the day before my birthday, so um, it was a little nice little birthday present, and I owned a bit of him, and it was, I think it was Metropolitan Prize money too, so I think we got about 16 or 18 grand for running, uh, for running second, so um, it was pretty good, but... Uh, Look, you know, we're not a betting stable by any means. We've got some uh, owners that do like a punt. Um, I have tipped the a few horses to their owners. Um, I won't, you know, I won't, if, if say, for instance, Torrens was running tomorrow and I thought he was a really good chance, I wouldn't go and tell the owners of Midorio to back him. It's, you know, I think uh, it's unfair on Torrens' owners if I did it, but... Uh, the day Shiner won first up here at Ballina, Norrie rode him. He rode me first ever double, actually. Um, we uh, he, he won on partnership early on in the day, and he paid $9. Um, I, I said to the owners, I don't think partnership will get beat in this race. Um, and he, he won, paid $9, and everybody um, cleaned up that day. Uh, and then I told the boys that uh, maybe they should have a little bit of what they won on Shinar because his form, his form on paper looked bad, but he, Josh Oliver got off him twice and said, listen, mate, I've done the complete opposite of what you told me to. I've slaughtered him. Just forget he even went around both times. Um, the good part about Josh is he's very honest. Um, and his runs were really, really good without, you know, to, to if you know what you're looking at, you would say that, he was definitely a, a chance in this race. and uh, But if you were just reading the form guide, you would have said he was not a hope in hell. But his work on the Tuesday was absolutely enormous. He ran, I think, 31 to the last 600 in his work under a stranglehold. Um, and I said to the boys, I said, if he replicates what he's done in his work to race day, he was a little bit... Um, little bit uh, a little bit of a non-trier. Um, he, I said, if he, if he puts in today, he's, he's a chance. And, uh, he, some of the boys that were here at the races on the day had five each way on him at $60, uh, had five each way on him at 
Every time he blew, he blew $20 and they had another five each way on him. Keep that. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, they did. And uh, I think they, in the end, they ended up having about 50 each way on him at uh, anywhere from 60s to 150s. Little did they know that their, both their wives are up in the member stand and they had 20 each way on him. Power played at 250. Oh, um, and The other owners had had a fair bit on him as well, um, and he and he lobbed and got up at. I think he ended up about 125s when he got up. Um, but yeah, they, there was a fair few bottles of Moe, a fair few bottles bottles yeah. of bourbon, and uh, a fair few big slings were were thrown our way. So oh, nice. I know That's one particular want. owner. He uh, he handed us handed me a thousand dollars over the fence, and he said, uh, "Listen, this isn't this isn't anywhere close to what I've won today. They don't even have enough money on course to pay me out." <laughs> he said, "I know you don't take slings, so give half to Norrie and half to Jade." So I did. They, you know, Norrie got five hundred, and, and they got five hundred. Um, yeah, there's been a few few times where that's happened. I think uh, um, unleash the red, basically. The owners know that every time he blows to twenty dollars and he's running at Grafton, just back him because he only seems to win when he's at twenty dollars at Grafton. Um, so obviously they cleaned up the day he won first up, and and a couple other times actually the day that Michael Costa protested against us that that day he won. Um, he paid about twenty dollars that day, and I tipped him to everybody, uh, Bensley and uh, and Cozzy on you know on uh, on Sky Radio. Tipped it to them and oh, uh, popular, he blew from, from fifteens to twenty ones and he got up. So Cosy Cosy had a a, a fat uh, fat day that day and rang me when I was on the way to Sydney, um, taking partnership down there. He uh, he rang me on me on my way down and said, "Mate, you're an absolute legend." I smashed him so, <laughs> nice. and got the twenty. So um, yeah, there's been you know there's been a fair few times where we've got it right and and the owners have, uh, have definitely. Um, Definitely uh, took a fair bit off the tab in the sportsbet account, uh, sportsbet companies. But uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, um, definitely not a big betting stable, and I and I definitely don't like to tip them unless I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really really confident. So, but uh, yeah, you know, like not uh, not afraid to tip one if I think it's uh, a chance. You've, you've got a few in on Tuesday at Lismore. I'm sure we'll get this podcast out before then. Anything you can tip the listeners or? Uh, Majestic Rapture, this is his second, well, he had a one run for us last preparation. Um, he came up from uh, Victoria and he needed, although he's a five-year-old, he needed a bit of, bit more time. Um, I know that sounds stupid, but uh, he just, he didn't come up in the greatest of conditions. So we gave him one run and, and it was good. Um, he ended up getting back to last Lismore and anyone who knows anything about Lismore, it's a front runner's track. Um, got back to last come out in the worst part of the track and flew home and run about sixth, I think. Um, and that was a pretty handy little field too. They, they raced in too. Um, then uh, we, we tipped him out. We brought him back. His works um, improved a lot. Um, obviously, we didn't know a lot about him last preparation. I think we only had him for about a month all up in work. Um, but his it works improved a lot this time in. He's put on about 40 kilos. He's strengthened up. He's muscled up. Um, he looks a completely different horse than what he did last preparation. So 
not saying that uh, he's, you know, going to turn the tables around and, and absolutely come out and blitz him um, on Tuesday, but it'll be interesting to see how he does run. Um, and obviously, he'll derive a lot of benefit from it and, and we'll get a good gauge of where he's at. But off his work, I think he definitely can win a maiden this time in. Um, he definitely needs to, being a five-year-old, but only very lightly raced. Um, so... Um, you know, he's probably not one to, to watch on, well, watch on Tuesday, but definitely not probably a betting proposition. Um, but definitely a watch to see see where he's at, get a bit of a gauge on him. Lismore probably may not suit him. Um, but, you know, you've got to start somewhere that, you know, it's a nice little um, race for him to, uh, to kickstart his preparation. He probably wants a little bit further, probably wants to step up to that more 14, 1500 metre mark. But, um, We'll be able to get a gauge of where he's at anyway. We've got to start somewhere. So, um, you know, it's only half an hour down the road to Lismore. So, um, you know, good little uh, good little kickstarter off for him. Um, spin that wheel has been an absolute nightmare. Um, he's got a lot of ability, but throws his races away at the start. Anyone who watched him at Warwick um, two starts ago where he threw Norrie... Um, you know, come out and wipe Norrie out on the top of the barriers and wipe himself out on the top of the barriers. We thought we were just going to win that race. Um, Norrie was more annoyed about um, the fact that he didn't win the last race of Warwick rather than all the blood that was spurting out of his eye at the time. <laughs> so, um, you know, a few little barrier issues there and cost himself the race at Grafton the other day. Uh, Caserta come back and he was filthy that uh, that we didn't win that because he, he read at the start and sort of missed it a half a length and he's a little bit slow to muster at times too when he gets it in gets it in a bit of a mood but um, definitely he was very uh, eye-catching when he won at Toowoomba uh, when he's made at Toowoomba and you know there's a there's a there's a nice race in him somewhere um, we've just got to hopefully he grows a brain at some point and uh, gets over these sort of barrier issues he's got but uh, he's definitely a, definitely a nice horse and one to one to follow, but um, you can't really follow him with confidence because if he, you know, if he blows the start, then you sort of yeah, you've got he, a lot he of flew home last didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, hence, why we've sort of Caserta come back and said, well, maybe step him up to the mile. Um, he said he, he thinks that he'll run out the trip. I think he'll run out the trip, but he said at least over the mile he's got that little bit longer to to balance up and get over a tardy start. Um, he. he Caserta was of the opinion that, you know, had it have been 50 or 100 metres further, we we win that race at Grafton the other day. So, once again, thought we were going to Grafton to, to just win as well. But, uh, you know, you sort of... He's a, he's, he's an, a headache, to put it put it nicely. But uh, none can run is a very nice little mare in the making. She's just got a few too many brains for the barrier attendants around here. Um, for some reason... Jade and I can get her in it in the gates by ourselves here at home, but eight men can't get her in the gates at the trial at the races. So she's trialed against some some handy horses and run second to um, two open company horses. At the, the two times she did go in the gates, um, thankfully we got a pass last preparation, but she just um, suffered a little injury that needed a, a, a bit of time in the paddock. Um, we thankfully picked it up before it turned into something major. Um, so got it at the right time, pulled the pin, tipped her out. The owners have been very patient because she obviously has a fair bit of ability there. But really and honestly, I think it was a blessing in disguise. She's come back in a, a completely different horse. She's 
Um, she was a little bit small, a little bit weedy last time in, um, but she's really furnished into a, an, a really nice little mare, uh, little filly now. Um, she's got, uh, you know, a lot broader across the chest. She's grown a heap. She's got a, you know, a nice, nice bum on her now. Um, you know, she's she's really she looks like a, you know, the real deal now. Where last time she was sort of doing everything, I guess on you know, raw ability. She didn't know what she was doing. She probably still isn't 100% sure what she's doing yet because she's only had the two trials, but um, she's definitely got a, a fair bit upside there and, and to do what she did in those couple of trials, I know they're only trials, um, but what she's shown at home and what she's shown in those trials and she's, she's definitely uh, improved out of sight as far as uh, her um, build and everything else is concerned this time. I mean, I think um, she's I think she'll be in in the right race. She'll be hard to beat. I, I'm just a little bit concerned with the track conditions over there in Lismore. It was a soft six yesterday. We had a storm here last night. Uh, I drove through Lismore to get to our farm uh, today. And although we only got a shower here, um, it was only enough to sort of settle the dust. There was quite a few puddles sitting around Lismore yesterday. And they've got it up a soft seven today. So this time of year, Lismore doesn't dry out very well. So... It's so frustrating um, mate, getting all the rain up there. It just pisses down all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, actually, we haven't had a lot of rain here for a long time. Um, it's been really, really good, actually. Um, but it sort of we got all that rain at the wrong time of the year, sort of leading into autumn. Everything starts to cool down, so nothing really dries out well enough. Um, but really and honestly, as, as, as stupid as it might sound, Ballon is probably the, the best. Uh, best track on the Northern Rivers at the moment. It's sort of it's holding up really, really well. It's dried out um, as best it, it possibly can. And uh, you know, usually where the where the, the boggiest and probably in inverted commas the worst track in the Northern Rivers at times, um, we're we're definitely lengths ahead of uh, everywhere else here at the moment. So we're lucky here, but it's just you know placing the horses on the right tracks um, is a bit of an issue. So if if I'm happy enough with um, the track conditions in Lismore on Tuesday, she'll she'll definitely go there. I think a 1,200 fillies and mares maiden there would be a really good uh, little race for her. She's trialled there and actually gone in the gates there before and run second to a really handy um, open company horse there. I'm pretty sure that was the day she ran second to um, the, the better of the two um, open company horses she's, she's um, trialled against. So... Um, She's been there. She handles the place. She can put herself on on the speed. Um, and like when she comes out of the gate, she comes out like a shot out of a gun. Um, it's just getting her in there is the issue. So um, if she goes in and she goes to Lismore, I definitely think, um, regardless of the competition, I think she'd be hard to beat. Actually, really, to be completely honest with you. But um, obviously, you know, there's a question mark over the track conditions and a big question mark over whether she'll go in the gate. Yeah. But uh, you know. She just stands the ground, and the the boys are, you know, they just won't get in and push her, push her in because she 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 kicked out once at casino. That's why she got a bar on her. Unbelievable, to be completely honest. But uh, ever since then, they've been a bit uh, bit gun shy to get in behind her. So, um, have to run around that yourself and put her in. If only they'd let me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, like if she goes in the gates. Um, and uh, and we go to Lismore. I think she, you know, she definitely um, definitely will be a force to be reckoned with. That's for sure. What about Unleash the Red? What's the plans with? Uh... Uh, he was a massive run at Grafton 
from the bad gate carrying the 64 and a half kilos. Um, Norrie jumped off him and said, this bloke just loves Grafton, just keep bringing him back here. Thankfully, the carnival's on very shortly. I think it's the first day of the carnival's next Sunday. Um, so he'll go basically back to Grafton as many times as we can get him there. Um, he's He's got his fair share of, or had his fair share of issues in the past, um, but he is the best with he, he has ever been. Um, he looks absolutely unreal at the moment. He's put on that much muscle. It's not funny. The scales keep going up and it's not fat. It's muscle because he, he just looks as tight as anything. Um, he's off his head. He nearly, you know, he tries to drop Jade nearly every morning. And a couple of times Norrie's rode him in track work. He's jumped off him and said, Jade can have him. He's too hard to deal with. But You can uh, sort of tell he's a bit of a head case, isn't he? Even by the, the, like his racing style, just his, his head carriage, he looks like a bit of a, a nutcase, doesn't he? Well, he's not actually. He's not. But this preparation, because he feels so good, he's he's really okay. turned it yeah. up and sort of got that grumpy old man um, syndrome, I think. So yeah. <laughs> he uh, he's actually a lovely horse to deal with. But this preparation, he's just he just feels unbelievable. The the Kairos, we, we've done a lot of work with him over the last couple of years, and the Kairos have finally, you know, usually they come and they say, oh, he's a bit, bit of here and he's a bit there and he's a bit something else, and the farrier come and go, oh, his feet are still a little bit, you know, shit out and this and that and something else. But uh, the last couple of times the Kairos and, and the acupuncturists and that have been here, they've gone, you know, this horse is the best he's ever been. He's absolutely spot on. Um, he, you know, the, the, the farrier, we've had very minimal problems with his feet this time, this time in. Um, and he's just relishing at the moment. Um, don't know why everything's, finally turned a corner but I suppose you know two years of hard work being put into him is finally starting to pay off but uh, yeah he's definitely starting to be a bit of a head case this time in he's sort of um, not not so much in his races but definitely at home he's starting to give everybody a run for their money he, he nearly kicked uh, nearly kicked one of Stephen Lee's uh, track riders off their horse the other day so he uh, he definitely doesn't discriminate on who he, uh, who he wants to give it to he, everybody knows that unleash the reds around that's better than one of your track riders yeah, well, you know, probably shouldn't be saying it, but yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, he's he's fine. He'll probably head towards uh, South Grafton Cup. Though. We might throw him in the South Grafton Cup. Um, if not, there's a benchmark 58 over the mile down there. He'll get in fairly well at the weights. Won't carry 64.5 kilos again, thank Christ. And uh, Norrie will jump on. And, uh, I, you know, off that last run, I think, he, you know, wherever he goes next, um, place right, he'd be hard to beat. Before I let you go, mate, um, as a young trainer, where do you see the industry in you know ten years' time, and what are some of the challenges which um, you know, the industry is facing and needs to overcome to to prosper over the next decade? Uh, look, I think racing's you know that we're always in the public eye, um, and obviously that you know that the, the uh, I don't know how what, how you politely call them, but uh, the um, the lefties, I suppose, um, they're always you know really you know keeping a close eye on what we do. I think um, a little bit more needs to be done in regards to educating people on the whip. Um, it's not a whip anymore, um, and I think we need to to show that. I you know um, obviously there's a lot of lot of going lot going on with whip reforms and stuff like that but I think 
there needs to be a bit more uni- universal sort of across the board, across Australia. And we need to, you know, be united in it. And if, you know, one state's doing something, every, you know, all the states need to be doing the same. So we need to come at a, um, a, a national sort of a agreement on that. And the same thing needs to be done with uh, rehoming. I think um, uh, Victoria is definitely lengths ahead of um, the rest of Australia, I believe in in every aspect of of racing. I think um, you know people argue that New South Wales is uh, is you know ahead of everyone else, but uh, I I honestly don't think that's correct. I think Racing Victoria have um, you know as you can see, you know they've just brought all this sort of new stuff in with the, with the Melbourne Cup. Um, you know they've potentially sort of throwing a big spanner in the works with, with with the greatest race that you know in Australia and you know but definitely in their state um their centerpiece I suppose and they you know they they're not scared to um to to make sure that they're crossing their eyes uh, crossing their T's and dotting their eyes you know so and making sure they're doing the best they can I think their rehoming um protocols and system they have down there is is lengths ahead of everywhere else I I'm unsure whether Queensland even really has a rehoming um, thing. I think, I think they need... probably yeah, probably not as um well known as Victoria, I'm sure. No, no, and I think I think they need to, you know, if they do have one, um, I'm, they they've got something, but it's obviously not as um you know as as advanced as um New South Wales and Victoria, but they need to be starting to make sure that they're letting everybody know what they're doing. I think Queensland's. A, I think Queensland's almost about to overtake New South Wales. Um, people will laugh at me, I know, but uh, I think they're starting to realise they've got to dot their I's and cross their T's a little bit more, and I think they're building on things. Um, and I don't think they're the laughing stock that they used to be here, you know, sort of two or three years ago. I think they're really starting to up their ante. You know, if they if they get their this, this track upgrade at uh, the Gold Coast, what they're supposed to get, you know, it's going to really they're going to be a force to be reckoned with too, um, Queensland. But I think the biggest thing they need to do is that in New South Wales is they need to stop buying farms to put horses in to rehome them. They need to start making sure that their tracks are, you know, at, at the absolute optimum they can be. And, and that's one thing Victoria has got. They've, I, I believe Victoria's got the best tracks in Australia. Um, and I think, you know, there was a bit of an argument um, over the, sort of um, autumn carnival where, you know, they, they shunted the races back those couple of weeks, the, the, the whole carnival, the championships back those couple of weeks because Rose Hill and Randwick just, they just don't handle it anymore. And the, the problem with New South Wales is that the tracks are just dated and that's as simple as it gets. And, and they need to, they need to be making sure that less horses are going to these rehoming farms by making sure that, you know, their, their facilities are yeah, so instead know, of like, new instead of new grandstands and big races like the Everest, they should um, perhaps invest some money into the tracks. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anywhere needs I don't think Australia needs the Everest. Um, you know, it's I don't think country racing needs a Kosciuszko. To be completely honest, I think if the one point five million dollars was was spent at a particular track each year, I think. Um, my belief is you've got to have the facilities to get your horses fit to go there. And if you don't, you're not going to get there. So all you're going to do is, all you're doing is catering to people that, you know, that, that, that small group of top range people 
um, in Scone and sort of Tenworth where the money is getting spent and the rest of us, you know, we, we can't, we, we're just simply not getting there because, you know, we're dealing with, you know, tracks where we can't gallop them because it's too wet or this and that and something else. I think the future's in these poly tracks. Um, there's been a great um, report on poly tracks and I think they need to be scattered out a little bit more. I think that, I don't know about um, sort of uh, injury rates with the poly tracks and that, but I think if, if they're as good as what everybody makes out there, they are, it's sort of a universe sort of um, surface to be working them on. It doesn't matter if it's wet, cold, dry, hot, whatever. It's, you know, you get the exact same thing every time you go over it. And I believe they're fairly low maintenance as well. So I think more of those should be put in, be put in for, for, you know, in training facilities, which might take a little bit more pressure off, you know, your grass tracks and that sort of thing, which um, in turn, if you, you know, if you're taking a bit more pressure off your grass tracks, you're going to get a lot more better, fairer, fairer racing. But I think uh, racing New South Wales definitely needs to have a look at their tracks because um, they're just dated and that's as simple as it gets. And you can see it like, you know, you, you watch Rose Hill, you, they take an aerial shot of Rose Hill and Randwick on a Saturday and, you know, it looks like a, a ploughed up paddock. Um, whereas you look at Flemington and, and uh, Mooney Valley and Caulfield and they look like a bowling green, you know. Yep. So they need to need to be starting to... Prevention is better than the cure, that's for sure. So they need to start to spend more money on tracks and a little bit less money into the uh, the pockets of uh, the rich and famous with these Everest and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, they're the ones who, who need it less than the guys like out at um, Ballinot, like you guys, so... Yeah, you know, you know, it'd just be it'd just be nice to see, um, you know. At the end of the day, if we can, if we've got, if everywhere's got better facilities, we have a better chance of, of winning more races. And at the end of the day, you know, if we can win more races, we're gonna, you know, we, you're gonna get as much money as tr- winning a, you know, Cosy Oscar or yeah, something exactly. like that. You're not, probably not going to get more sustainable. That's yeah, right. Su- you know, yeah. I'd much rather win, you know, more. Eleven thousand dollar races around here, then try and bust me guts to go to a Kosciuszko and and yep. um, you know with with horses that are working on sort of inferior um, tracks that, uh, that the other fellas have got. So yeah, I just th- I think um, racing needs to start. To, I think if we're going to look at the welfare of horses, they need to start looking at the the you know where they start and not worry about what happens to horses when they're finished. Obviously we need to worry about that, but we need to start looking into why these horses are finishing yep. and finishing prematurely and prevent that, you know, yeah, at the well. end of the day. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, if you, if your tracks are 100%, you know, you, you, you're probably going to, instead of having 15 farms with, you know, 500 horses on each of them, uh, which is not sustainable by any means, um, you know, you might have three farms with 50 horses on them, you know? Yep. Um, and it's gonna. It's a lot easier to rehome a sound horse than it is to, to rehome a horse that's even got a very small um, injury. It might might be minute and mightn't affect it in anything um, that it goes into in later life. But the the showy people that you know they want perfect, sound perfect, horses. perfect, perfect. Yep. You know, so um, it's uh, and you know if if um, the the new owners don't have to spend a lot on rehabilitation or that sort of thing, they're going to be more inclined to, to you know, take Re-invest. on more horses. Yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, like, yeah, I think uh, the rehoming thing needs to be really looked at um, and start, you know, start from scratch. Uh, ask yourself, you know, racing needs to ask themselves why 
these horses are getting. Obviously, you get your, your you know, your old horses that just they've reached their mark or they just they don't have it. Like they're not, they're just not fast enough. They don't want to be race horses, and they go there. But uh, as far as horses that go there, you know, they retire with injuries and stuff. Um, like I said, it's a lot harder to rehome them from a trainer's point of view, um, and it's going to be a lot harder for for the re, you know the rehabilitation farms to to rehome them, and it's going to cost racing a lot more money to rehabilitate the horses to get to the point where they're rehoming them. So I think a lot more needs to be done with tracks um, and a little bit less needs to go into the, the pockets of the, the rich and famous and, you know, start spreading it around a little bit more. But uh, as far as prize money is concerned, you know, everywhere's, you know, Queensland starting to lift the bar. New South Wales is always lifting the bar with their um, prize money. Victoria is the same. And, you know, we probably need to continue in that respect because, Everything's getting more expensive, um, especially after COVID. Um, so, you know, it needs to be justifiable for, for people to come into racing. They need to be, you know, needs to be some sort of carrot dangled in front of them. And uh, that, you know, I think racing's doing a good job with that. But I think they need to start looking at a, a bit more, in New South Wales in particular, a bit, little bit more into um, the safety of horses. Yeah, yep. safety of horses and riders at track work and, and in races. So, um yeah, a bit more money spent on the track would be good. All right, mate. Well, um, might wrap it up. Had a good chat there, but um, yeah, good luck on. Well, firstly, on Tuesday at Lismore, but um, more importantly, best of luck into the future. It sounds like you've got a good crop of young horses coming through, so hopefully a few stars there. Yeah, no, we've uh, definitely uh, definitely got a nice crop of young ones coming through, and we'll definitely be looking at uh, building on that for the sales to come. Perfect, mate. All right. Well, thanks for your, thanks for your time. Um, no, best of luck. No worries, mate. Thanks Take it easy. Me. You too. Thanks, mate. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.